What up? Recording live from the FTJ Studios. It's your host, Addison, man. Hey, welcome back to another episode of From the Jump. I gotta start off the show saying I know I've been gone for the past couple days. But but let me let me let me be honest. I, I gotta be real with y'all right quick. I gotta be real with y'all. The last couple days, sports has been real slow. And I, I've been noticing that, that that a lot of sports pundits, a lot of sports people around the sports world have been creating stories, right? Almost like Drake said, if they don't have a story these days, they'll make one. But you know we back. Your boy is back. You know what I'm saying? Foot on their neck, FTJ style. You know how we do. We are streaming right now live from the FTJ studios on a Sunday. But you know we got to start off today's show talking about the Dallas Cowboys and Zach Martin. Now, the Dallas Cowboys Pro Bowl right guard, Zach Martin, suffered a hyperextended left knee last night in their preseason loss against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, of course, he injured his knee in the second quarter when, when Drake Kirkpatrick pretty much went low. He pretty much cut him on that play, and his helmet went into his knee. And as a result, they're saying now that he has a hyperextended knee. Now, the MRI is set for today, and of course, we will all be waiting for the news on Zach Martin. Now... Here's what I will say about last night's game. And, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Dallas Cowboys 21-13. But now, I don't understand why in the world Zach Martin and that offensive line was even in the game in the second quarter. But let me take it even a step further when it comes to the whole NFL preseason. A lot of guys are getting injured. They said six guys last night. For the Vikings got injured last night. Kevin Johnson for the Texans got injured last night. I guess he had a concussion. There have been a lot of injuries during this training camp 2018 season. Now, again, this isn't anything new. The training camp has always been where guys have been getting injured year after year after year. So this isn't anything new. But what I will say is I don't like the how long the NFL training camp really is. The NFL training camp is entirely too long. The fact that these guys pretty much start in July and then they had to play four or five games prior to the season starting. So in, in all total, they're playing 20 games during the season. Now, what people are going to say is, oh, they're getting millions of dollars, so why should they be complaining? But you got to understand, football is a grueling sport. And when you're dealing with offensive linemen, when you're dealing with skilled players, these guys are going practicing against each other on a day-to-day basis. And then you want them to come out and play four games prior to the season and then have them play a 16-game season. Oh, and by the way, don't let your team be a New England Patriot or a Philadelphia Eagle or a Pittsburgh Steelers because y'all going to go to the playoffs. So on top of that, you make on top of play three or four more extra games. So in a grand total, you're playing 20 to 25 some odd games throughout the season. Now, we know all the starters aren't playing the entire preseason games, but I just do not feel like starters after the first quarter, really after that first series or two, should even be playing in the Pro Bowl. I'm sorry, they should even be playing in the preseason games because, again, you're going to have situations as such like Zach Martin, who are going to hyperextend knees in the preseason. And given the fact of how important this year not only is for the Dallas Cowboys, but important Zach Martin is to that Dallas Cowboys offensive line, there is no way in the world if I'm Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones, and even Rob Marinelli, for that matter, having that offensive line in the game. Zeke didn't play last night. Dak played the first couple series, but after that, that was it. So for me, the reason why I, I, I am upset right now is because Partially, I kind of like the Dallas Cowboys a little bit. Dak is my guy. Zeke, one of my favorite running backs in the league. But also, too, there's no way in the world you can tell me now that this offensive line is going to be as strong as it was coming into the season. Because, again, last year we were saying, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm clear, 
the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East. Everybody can say they want to about the Eagles and the Giants and the Redskins. The Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East. And last year, I thought the only problem with the Cowboys was the fact that they were missing Ezekiel Elliott. Now, again, they were kind of struggling when Elliott was in there, but even when he went down, they weren't able to run the ball. So now with Zach Martin being injured, now this kind of changes the complexity of the team. And again, we will be all eyes on the Cowboys today to see what the MRI is going to look like. But switching gears from one NFL team to another, wide receiver Josh Gordon is now back in the league. Flash Gordon. Yes, sir. Flash Gordon is back in the league. Now, Josh Gordon made a statement on Twitter yesterday saying, Dear Cleveland Browns and NFL family, thank you for the love and support and most importantly, your patience as I took this time needed to ensure my overall mental and physical health. More specifically, I would like to thank the NFL, NFLPA, and the entire Cleveland Brown organization and the University of Florida for playing such a pivotal role during this process. By no means has it been easy, and I'm extremely grateful to have you all in my life. As I humbly return to the member of this team with the opportunity to get back to playing the game I love, I realize for me to reach my full potential, my main priority must be on sobriety and also my mental well-being. Let's get to work. Now, this is big, big news if you are a Cleveland Brown fan, but also a fan of the NFL, because we all know Josh Gordon kind of took the fall for being the NFL marijuana guy. Like, let's just be clear, right? He was the poster child, and he was the guy that the NFL made an example of, just like Ray Rice and a lot of different other guys in different situations. But when it comes to marijuana, Josh Gordon was made an example of. And for me, this feels good because I always love Josh Gordon. Remember, this was a guy who had Hall of Fame talent, who was playing with bum quarterbacks prior to and was still putting up good numbers. So his 2013 season, the year in which he all kind of caught our eyes, in which he went to the Pro Bowl and he was selected to all-team first pro, he had 87 receptions for 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. Remember that year, he was scary. Again, he came back in 2014. He was injured, kind of battled some injuries. And then, of course, in 2015, he was suspended for the substance abuse, a.k.a. marijuana, if you will. And I remember all we were saying was, if Josh Gordon ever got a quarterback, he could be extremely, extremely dangerous. Now, Hugh Jackson said in a quote, I never lost trust in him. And he said also says that I think that at the same time, what's very important is that he does the things that the organization has set forth for the football team. And I think that Josh Gordon at this point understands that, look, this is his last go at the NFL, period. And I don't think Josh Gordon is going to mess this one up again. You got to look at where the Cleveland Browns are right now. They're on hard knocks right now, which if you haven't been watching, definitely go check it out. But then, too, they revamped their entire team. They got a new quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, not Tyrod. He made it clear that his name is not Tyrod Taylor, not Tyrod Taylor, but also Baker Mayfield. Again, you added Jarvis Landry. You locked him up for the next five years. So can you imagine Jarvis Landry on one side, Josh Gordon on one side, potentially, potentially, Des Bryant and also Antonio Galloway, along with Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb. That offense is going to be lethal for the Cleveland Browns. And I think Josh Gordon at this point understands that. And I think Josh Gordon also knows that the NFL ain't playing with me no more. Now, they said that he has been moved to the active non-football injury list, which, again, I don't understand what that means. But look, at this point right now, Josh Gordon should be all hands on deck. Josh Gordon should be full go. He paid his debt to the NFL. It's time to let Josh Gordon play now. Now, John Dorsey and also head coach Hugh Jackson have both been adamant by saying that he's going to have to come back. He's going to have to earn his spot. He's not necessarily going to get right back on the practice field. He'll have to integrate himself into meetings and the condition and all that. But let's be clear here. 
The Browns need a wide receiver. If you've been watching Hard Knocks like I've been watching Hard Knocks, or outside of Jarvis Landry, the Browns don't have any other wide receivers. They let go of Corey. I'm sorry, they traded Corey Coleman away. We're seeing flashes from Antonio Callaway. Nujoku as a tight end is going to be special with his size and his speed. But Josh Gordon coming back to this team is crucial. Crucial, crucial. I know they've been in talks with Des Bryant, and we'll see how that goes. But again, you add Josh Gordon back to this offense along with Jarvis Landry, Terod Taylor at quarterback, the Browns are going to be dangerous for years and years and years to come if Josh Gordon can stay right. Coming up next on From the Jump, we'll talk John Elway's comments that he made about Colin Kaepernick last week. And lastly, should we be excited about Duke basketball this year? Stay tuned. It's From the Jump. Businesses always got to be on the struggle. We have to do better. We can't just leave it all up to Chadwick Boseman. Is that a fool? I'm going to get wet. Are you thirsty? Uh, four drinks. Just general mouth thirst. <laughs> Are we in the North Pole? Because we're slaying. <laughs> Saving money with Groupon is crazy simple. I can buy all my beauty appointments even when my hands are busy. Now, some people gonna like this commercial for the wrong reasons. Download the app and save. Russell. Groupon. Stop it. Good to be with you on this Sunday live in FTJ Studios. Quick sports news around the world right now. Georgia freshman running back Zymir White has tore his left ACL while covering a punt in a scrimmage yesterday. Now, this confirmed yesterday by Kirby Smart, which said that this happened on a non-contact play. And it, to make it so bad, while he was the number one running back last year in the 2018 class, he tore his right ACL in November playing in the state playoffs. So imagine tearing your right ACL, going to Georgia early, getting healthy, getting pretty much rehabilitated, and then coming back, tearing your left ACL. This is this. I, I feel bad for the kid. Now, Georgia does have a stable of running backs, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield, Brian Heron. So they will not lack at running back. But again, you got to feel bad for the guy tearing his right ACL and also his left ACL. Alabama linebacker Christopher Allen is out for the season with a right knee injury. What's up with all these guys tearing their ACLs, man? I know the ACL ain't nothing new, but it's like, man, is it the cleats? Is it the water? What is it that they drinking? What is it that they doing with these kids that these guys keep tearing their ACL? This is the second major injury to that defense. They lost Terrell Lewis, which was a projected starter who tore his ACL earlier on in July. And now they're also losing Christopher Allen. So again, this Alabama defense coming into the season will be a little bit different. But again, you know how they do. They typically always start off slow. But Nick Saban, as the course of the season goes on, typically gets those guys to buy in and they ultimately become that championship level defense in the end. Also in the NFL, veteran cornerback Orlando Skandrick is set to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, he was released Tuesday by the Washington Redskins after signing a two-year deal with them. I always felt like Skandrick was one of those solid nickel cornerbacks in the league. I never felt like he was a starting outside cornerback, but he was a very positional guy. I felt like he was great on special teams, and he could potentially help out this Kansas City Chiefs defense. But now, keeping with the NFL, team president of football operations, John Elway was asked last week whether or not he would consider signing Colin Kaepernick after the Broncos have been struggling to find a backup quarterback to Case Keenum. Here's what John Elway had to say. You know, and as I said in my deposition, and I don't know if I'm legally able to say this, but 
He's had his chance to be here. He passed it. Now, of course, most notably, John Elway met with Colin Kaepernick twice back in 2016 as the 49ers and the Broncos tried to tried to work out a trade that would have sent Colin Kaepernick to Denver. But now, the problem that I had with John Elway's comment was, first of all, he came off as very sarcastic, like, well, hey, he had a chance to sign here, and, and he didn't. But let's, let's be clear here. At the time, the Broncos wanted Colin Kaepernick to trim that $11.9 million salary, guaranteed, rather, to $7 million, in which would involve the 49ers paying Colin Kaepernick the difference. And or they were asking Colin Kaepernick to take a pay cut. And at that time, Colin Kaepernick was a starter in the NFL, and Colin Kaepernick refused to take a pay cut, which, as most of us would, $11.9 to $7 million, that's a 4 to $5 million you're asking me to give up. I don't think so. And besides, we got to remember, let's not act like Colin Kaepernick didn't take the 49ers to the Super Bowl, in which, as we all can remember back to, remember when the lights went off and Beyonce was performing, you know, she had that spectacular performance. But remember, they were down in that game, and he led them back pretty much, and it had it not came down to Michael Crabtree's pass interference, the 49ers would have won the Super Bowl. And to be honest, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo probably wouldn't be the starting quarterback, and we probably would be talking about a whole different story for the San Francisco 49ers. The last year that we saw Colin Kaepernick in 2016, sure, he didn't have the best QBR, but the most important stat that matters is touchdowns to interception ratio, in which in the 12 games in which he did play, the 11 in which he started, he threw 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. I can make the argument right now that Colin Kaepernick is better than Case Keenum. Sure, Case Keenum had a group season last year. He led the Vikings to that playoff, but the Vikings didn't offer him another contract. The Vikings went out there and got Kirk Cousins. So that lets you know exactly how they felt about Case Keenum. Yes, we understand that, that Colin Kaepernick made his anthem protest in which was never about the military. It was always about the injustices of the minorities in this country. However, the fact that we keep trying to paint this narrative that Colin Kaepernick isn't the same quarterback anymore and the fact that he should be a backup in this league when we're seeing right now a lot of backups are getting starter contracts to me is ludicrous and it needs to stop. Now, on today's edition of the wrap-up, the college basketball team of the year, I think, in which we all are going to have our eyes on, the Duke University team, which happens to be one of my favorite teams, has been showcasing its young freshmen, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williams in Toronto, you know, competing in these novelty games, you know, competing against the University of Toronto, in which they destroyed 96-60. And then they also played against Ryerson, I guess, in which they also beat 86-70. Now, I had an issue with this. I had an issue with this. I had an issue with this. And the reason why I had an issue with this is because being a Duke basketball fan, our team has no longer been the same. I can't even tell you who's on the team right now from three years ago. Before, when it was John Shire, when it was Kyle Singler, when it was Nolan Smith, those were guys that we could count on every single year back to back to get the job done. And it almost came to a point to where as every single year it was somebody new, whether or not it was Austin Rivers, whether or not it was Jabari Parker, whether or not it was Kyrie Irving, again, Jason Tatum, Marvin Bagley. Every single year, Wendell Carter has been somebody new. And I, and I know Coach K is in a tough spot right now because he understands that he's not going to be able to get guys to commit for three or four years, especially during the time period in which we're in this one and done era. Now, I don't see Coach K coaching for 10 or 20 more years. I don't see that happening. And so I know at this point, he's trying to get as much of those guys as he can. Because remember, 
Coach K didn't always accept those one and done guys in the beginning. Those guys typically went to Kentucky and they went to those other school, Kansas, because of the fact that Coach K wasn't fond of the whole one and done rule. But I understand now that the game has changed. There's a different era. And so Coach K has no other option but to allow those guys to come if, in fact, they want to come to Duke. But now the issue that I had with this was because of the fact that I didn't see anything from Zion Williams or RJ Barrett that let me know that, okay, that these guys are, 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 are going to be anything special. We already know that Zion Williams can jump out of the gym. We've been seeing that since he was 13. We already know RJ Barrett is one of the best point guards in this league. We've been knowing that for years now. So at this point, them going to Duke almost makes Duke look better. And to me, it makes me sick because I know that there's not going to affect their draft stock. Zion Williams is probably going to be the number one pick next year and her number two pick. R.J. Barrett will probably be the number one or number two pick. But again, they play bully ball and they beat up these teams. But I already know come ACC time, when it's time to play Virginia, when it's time to play Miami, when it's time to play Virginia Tech, Florida State, Louisville, Syracuse, those teams ain't going to just let you just run up and down the court and dunk on everybody. They're just not. And I understand that as athletic as Zion Williams is, what I wanted to see in this showcase was I wanted to see his touch. Yeah, he, he had some shots. And, and again, he, is, he, had, he, had, he was on the boards actively, but he didn't have anybody that was going to bang with him. But as I'm telling you right now, when they have to go against North Carolina and when we're going to have to go against Louisville and Notre Dame, when these teams have juniors and seniors on their teams that aren't going to just let R.J. Barrett and Zion Williams run up and down the court and dunk, what are we going to do? I understand Trey Jones right now is injured. He got a hip injury. I understand Cam Reddish right now is injured as well. So the team is not fully intact, which we've been like this every single year where they have these recruits and then every single year guys come in injured and they don't end up playing until the end. But our cohesion isn't the same because of the fact that you just have guys who go who have to go to Duke for one year because they know I got to go here for a year in order to get to the league. So again, I'm a Duke guy. Duke is my favorite team. So I'm not sitting here knocking what Zion Williams or RJ Barrett is doing. However, I just feel like the NCAA, the NBA making them go to Duke for a year only helps the Duke basketball program and not necessarily Zion Wills because what happens if Zion gets hurt? What happens if R.J. Barrett gets hurt? Their draft stock changes at this point, just like it did for Harry Giles. Harry Giles was supposed to be the number one pick a couple years back. Well, he tore his ACL and ended up sliding a whole lot of spots just because of that. This year, I think Zion Williams, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, those guys have to be careful. I understand they want to play. I understand they want to play and put on that Duke jersey. But the bigger picture is the NBA. Duke is a small microcosm to your brand. The NBA is the big picture. But we discussed a lot today. Your boy is happy to be back. Hey, y'all definitely want to stay tuned to my social medias. I got a huge, huge announcement coming really, really soon. We are making our return back to YouTube September 1st, 2018. We will make our YouTube appearance back. We will be bringing From the Jump back on YouTube. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Ooh, hey, it's over with. Trust you me. Hey, y'all definitely don't want to miss that. Go follow your boy on all my social media at From the Jump, man. I'll follow everybody back. But until next episode, it's your boy, man. We out.